Yes, two fingers that are beside each other. Like I'm smoking? Like you're smoking. But I don't smoke. It's fine. But I'm smoking. What's up? <laughs> KT Confidential, episode 42. I've been away for... Ever. Almost, it seems like the whole month. I've never taken this much time off. You were gone? I know. As I'm glad Frank. you didn't notice. Well, hopefully you're relaxed, rested. I'm not rested. I feel like I just haven't been sleeping well. Hence why I've got that new sleeping yes. app that you... I recommend it, and I'm going to figure out what I can do to improve my sleep. Well, welcome back. Glad to have you back. Thank you. You're welcome. I like your shirt. Uh, So do I. You're kind of stealing the show with it. It's very bright. Well, I actually have bananas today. A banana. I I have a banana every day. Do you? Every day. So do I. Yeah. Take it on my morning walks. So what are we talking about today? Uh, So I had a recent experience... um, I think, as you know, Chris, I think I've talked to you about it too. My car's coming due. The lease is coming due. Mm. So I've been out looking at cars, and I'm really undecided about what I want to do. But a few experiences prompted me to want to talk about sales and what makes a good salesperson. And I'm curious about what your perspective of it would be. There's so many aspects of it, from Mm -hmm. the negotiation standpoint and being able to close a deal to providing good customer service, which I think nowadays is becoming more and more important. Um, and uh, tons of things. Yeah. So well, I think it kind of dials into like, for me, it comes down to really the experience. If the experience is well, it can make a, it can reflect on what you think of the product or the service. Um, it can reflect the on the company. Yeah. The company. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're the loyalty behind it, um, I just bought a car when you were gone. Yes. Uh, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, I went through the process of test driving, uh, probably, I don't know, six or seven cars, um, all different luxury brands. So, uh, and having an automotive experience like you had a pretty high, um, expectation of what I wanted. Um, I didn't think I was high needs or anything, but I did, I did want to feel good about the purchase. Well, it's funny because I always have very low expectations <laughs> because of yeah. what I know. Well, <laughs> sometimes that can be the case. Yeah. But I just wanted a very easy, um, you know, transparent, uh, experience. And it's amazing. You go into, you know, similar luxury brands. A lot of cars are very similar these days and you can have completely different experiences, uh, just based off your interactions with the people there and the first vibe that, um, when you walk in the door, really it's no different than, you know, what we try to do with houses. The first time they look at it online, walk in the door, you want those warm and fuzzies That's and right. you either get it or you don't. And well, it's hard to recap. It's hard to, uh, capture that trust after, um, it's lost or not captured. Well, I think first and foremost, one of the biggest things that I I find are there's this stigma attached with being a salesperson. Oh, huge. Yeah. You know, and well, especially I'll, I'll he is tweak just that. like Ariel. I, I'll tweak that. A stigma with commission salespeople, I believe. Yes. Well, right. that's why there's companies yeah. like I think um, Best Buy promotes that they don't. Yeah. They're they're salaried or whatever. Yeah. Our former paid on employer. Uh, yeah. Auto World. Per- yeah. They were. They pushed that it was non-commissioned, although you're still paid bonus structures, so you never know. Yeah. But I think, and and especially for us coming from the auto industry, there's that stereotypical sleazy car salesman. Uh, Swarmy-like. Yes, exactly. When I first went into the car Mm -hmm. business over 10 years ago now, I, you know, asked some family, a trusted family for advice and what they thought, because it was a big career change for me at the time. Um, and one of my, one of my family members said, are you sure you want to be a car salesman? Um, and I didn't really, you know, get, I guess what he meant at that time. But, um, you know, there's definitely is that stigma with it. And obviously, uh, 
I know yourself, myself, Ariel, and you know the better people. It's not so we don't see or didn't see ourselves as car salesmen. We looked at sales professionals. Right. Um, so I think there's a difference that way. But um, I think there's a, a list. I mean, real estate agents aren't always the most liked. Um, car salesmen, furniture salesmen, um, anything. Yeah, any really. Vacuum, vacuum door to door. Yeah, you know. Or, uh, or door to door telecommunications. Uh, yes, oh, especially door to door now. In fact, I don't yeah. think, I think there's some municipalities you can't even go door to door. You have to get like a permit from the town in order to do it properly. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, but well, um, oh, you said a keyword is professional, and in our team brochure, there's a definition of professional, which I'm a big advocate of because anyone can call themselves a salesperson, um, but there's a very uh, defined difference between somebody that knows what they're doing and somebody that's just, you know, flying by night, uh, running a business, whatever. And I, I think the definition in our brochure goes something along the lines of um, a professional is an individual with a, a unique skill set that is paid to undertake a specific task with uncommon skill. Mm-hmm. And uncommon is the key word uh, that always catches me on that because it's not common. Like in real estate, there's tens of thousands of licensed real estate agents in the GTA. Mm-hmm. Um, but really only, you know, I say a handful, but not literally, but uh, in the grand scheme of things with the numbers, a handful of people that are re- that really know what they're doing. Um, so there's so many parts to it. Yeah, I mean, for me, what I think what it comes down to is that professionalism. It doesn't matter if you're working for a company that has um, a tidy process or if you're on your own. But for me, and what we see and the questions that when we talk about our potential clients, I always talk about our process. Uh, we have a you know a formula that we follow yep. that it's repetitive. You talk to the most successful salespeople, professionals, or just um, you know pr- pr- successful people. It always comes down to a process that they follow each and every time or very, very close to it, right? Yeah. So uh, when you kind of fly by your seats and don't have a plan or don't have a process, I think those are more sales people and less sales professionals, Right. Uh, at least for me, I find. Well, and it's um, one thing I've always found in industry and in, in this uh, interesting in this industry is that brokerages from what I've experienced will train their salespeople to build their business. Mm-hmm. And and with respect from a sales standpoint, and how to earn business, like how to sell someone on using them to buy, sell, lease, whatever. But nobody's training them on how to properly represent and sell the real estate once they get that business, right? So, uh, which, you know, we talk about and do all the times and how do you properly represent somebody? How do you provide them with a good service? Um, how do you facilitate the whole process of negotiations? And nobody's really talking about that. The only thing they train on is how do you get the customer? It ends there. Yeah. And that's really when the work begins is when you have that client, have right. that customer. I think part of the problem is um, like when I was going through my real estate license, there was literally people from different brokerages they're handing out business cards going, come work for us, come work for us, come work oh, for man. us. And they're promising and the world. They're promising right? the world and they're trying to get people yeah. in. Like these are people not in the course. They're just standing at the door. Yeah. Exactly. Oh my and goodness. So they're just trying to get, you know, their desk fees and they're trying to like sell they're them. They're, they're recruiting to, companies. Absolutely. That's all and, they do. And they're trying to sell on the, on the dream. And they're trying to teach these people how to, like you said, we'll teach you how to get business, get business, get business. But they have very little interest in 
how they represent the company or how they represent they the client well, after that. They don't care because at know? the end of the day, if there was an issue, they're going to put their hands up and say, well, they, yeah. work, they work for their own. They well, they, they say they do, right? Because when yeah. they're pitching their story or their company, it's like they have the best training, they have the best support, they have the best marketing, they have the best, 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 right? Right. So I've seen that all the time when I went through all my exams as well. You've always had like three or four different people from different brokers just recruiting yeah. you. That's interesting because I never had that once when I was doing one. No? No. I guess oh. it's become more competitive. I know them on something. a first name basis. <laughs> really? They're there every day. Hey, Steve, you're back for a you're course back. number two. Or Steve, you, you're <laughs> back. This is your third time for the second exam. What's I going on? It. Yeah, I loved it so much I decided to do it over again. That's not true. That's funny. Um, have you ever had any experiences in as a customer or uh that were memorable like where you're like wow well, good or bad like wow that was a i'm wow. i think that person did a really good job um well no nothing comes to mind i had a great i had a great i picked up the new car last weekend i had a great experience there um i had a personal ref, i actually drove to toronto dealership in toronto i had a personal referral to um one of the sales managers through uh some friends at toyota canada mm-hmm. um so end up going to um Lexus dealership in Toronto and had a great experience. Um, was set up with a really, a, what I would call a sales professional. I had some questions about the vehicle. I pretty much knew what I wanted, um, but you know, it could have very easily went the other way and I could have just put my hands up in the air and just, you know, did it close to home really. Um, but for me, great, you know, really great. We always talk about the meet and greet, um, great meet and greet, uh, great experience, offered a beverage. I felt like I was actually, you know, at home. Um, and then any questions I had were answered right away. Um, really, um, I felt comfortable that if I answered a question, I was going to get a correct answer. And, and then I think you'll agree, especially in the automotive world, a lot of times after I signed the paper, that's where it can really unravel. Uh, you know, and even in real estate, so you sign the client, now, well, that's, now what, right? And that's, and that's the whole what point you were talking about is before. people are trying to get the business, yeah. but not how to follow through. Exactly. So um, I was followed up with, uh, I knew I knew exactly when I was picking up the vehicle. I knew exactly what to bring. I knew how long it was going to be. Um, I actually brought James, my four-year-old with me, and they entertained him a little bit when I was signing um, all the paperwork as well. And then um, I, you know, for my, I expressed the, um, to them is, I didn't want a long process. I just want to take the keys and go. Lexus, Toyota, same car. I worked there for many years. I just wanted to kind of get the keys and go, and they accommodated. So for me, they met and exceeded all my expectations, and I'm very happy. It's also you knew the process too, being in that industry, right? Yes so and you, no, you know but exactly I also know how bad, how off rail it can go as that's well. That's just it, so. right? You know the, the good and the bad and experience well, what to expect, and you kind of demanded like this is what you want to do and they met your expectations which is great absolutely and we were right. all on the same yep. page which was Perfect. you yep. know the big thing i think there is that we all knew what each other yep. wanted from it at the end of the day mm-hmm. and i'm sure they're happy to get rid of you quick too probably i imagine so I, especially you went on a saturday that's yeah. their biggest that's the biggest yeah. no-no well, in the industry you don't they, pick up a car on saturday because they they're busy they offered and they have delivered their luxury brand different from where we worked a little yeah. bit but they um salesperson came over shook my hand thank me for my business mm-hmm. and then their delivery uh team took over perfect so it was actually very seamless that way yeah for me the i the two memorable memorable experiences i had uh, that were positive, both were around electronics. So mm-hmm. I've told this story before, and Ariel, will, if he watches this, and he'll be like, oh, my God, I can't believe about? you told that story again. Um, appropriate electronics. I don't know what you're 
getting nice no, one. <laughs> um, so the first one is when I bought my first TV, and I was younger. Uh, I think it was in early twenties, and I was buying this two thousand. I went in and see this two thousand dollar TV. Hair, insert hair joke. You had hair. I did have hair. Yes. yes. It was nice. Now it's just displaced. It was. I remember those days. I saw some photos recently. Maybe me miss it. Uh, but I'd like to think I'm getting better looking with age. Anyways, this TV, uh, it was like two grand, which at the time was a lot of money and still is for TVs. I mean, you could buy TVs for far less than that now, but it was one of the, it was early on in the flat panel yeah. kind of game. They were flat, but not really that flat. Not flat, but flat. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, I went in to see them and I don't know why it was there. It wasn't for that purpose, but the salesperson came and really sold me on the idea of buying it. And I couldn't afford it uh, to pay for it cash. So he even convinced me to do the financing option. Um, and he had to really push me and I'm glad he did. I ultimately ended up buying it. I still have the TV now. It's really probably 15 years later. 10, wow. Like long time. Good. And yeah. How, how hard did he push you? You didn't find him obviously too pushy? No. Well, that's the big difference too is um, he was subtle but persistent. Yeah. And I find a good sales. I, I, I appreciate when someone kind of pushes me in the right direction or yes. at least, you know, guides me down the path, which is in my best interest at the end of the day. Well, I, and I think there's huge value to it. I mean, the, I think that's the big thing. Like people see salespeople as, uh, generally pushy and making you make decisions you don't want to make. But I think that a good salesperson guides you to make the right decision. So that's the difference though, guiding uh, versus being pushy though, right? There's right. a fine line well, to bring the, To bring that back to real estate, I mean, right. you're working with a client, you show them, one, it doesn't matter if you show them one home or a million homes. Um, reality is stuff sells and it can sell quickly if it's priced right, meets all their needs. Um, everyone always thinks that it'll be there tomorrow, but sometimes it won't. So by educating your client that, you know, it may get another offers, you know, there's an advantage to being first offer in sometimes, uh, but it might not be here tomorrow. And do you, would you, how would you feel if you miss out on that as well? That's right. Uh, very different than, you know, we need an offer now. You're not going to find anything better. You need to yeah. do it, right? No, because so you're educating It's, it's how you client, massage right? it as well with them as well. You're educating. Well, and, and I think uh, real estate agents or salespersons, true intentions or motives mm -hmm. are are clear in that case, mm -hmm. right? Somebody that just wants to get the deal done and make a buck or two, mm -hmm. you can tell uh, in the way that they're um, pushing you towards the sale um, what their true motives are because you can see whether or not they're interested about themselves or about actually your best interest. Right. Um, in fact, I had a, I remember a client when I uh, first, they referred to us, I sat down with them and I was asking about their past experiences. And one of their biggest complaints they had from a buying perspective is the real estate agent that was representing them in the purchase of their home at the time. Um, he, they were upset that he didn't push them enough to spend an extra $30,000 to buy the perfect house. Mm -hmm. Instead, uh, they ended up purchasing something, purchasing something for thirty thousand less that wasn't everything they wanted. Probably cost them a lot more to upgrade and, that for home. sure. Had had he have made those, those extra efforts to really see the value, help them see the value in spending the extra money, then they wouldn't be moving. Well, that's a great example, and we see all the time. And even from personal experiences, um, I 
you, you think it's a lot of money at the time. You always do. But, you know, no one or I wouldn't say no one, but very few people look back and regret the money they spend on real estate at that time. Because the reality is we typically all make a little bit more money. Things become more affordable. We pay things off, mm-hmm. things adjust. So, you know, $30,000 on a mortgage over 25, 30 years, whatever the case, really not that much money to get that perfect home now. So good for you to, yeah. to educate that. And you, know, you do get people that dig in and say, that's my budget. But you at that point, you can't say that, well, we didn't try and tell you at no. the end of the day, right? So. Yeah. And you can convey it in a certain way that helps them see it on, because some people just see the big ultimate number. Exactly. Whereas the, you know, true cost to them is, you know, how much is that? And it, you know, potentially it boils down to what the difference in their payments would yeah. be. Yeah. I've gone the other way before too. And people say, we want this, we want that. And then you start talking and really understand it. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, they have a budget, say 950 and you're showing them things at 950. Um, and really, they could spend a hundred thousand dollars less and get really, you know, 90% of what they want. And then they're very thankful and grateful that, you know, you're not maxing their budget right from the beginning as well. So uh, it goes the Mm -hmm. other way as well. Well, and you think like a lot of, I've I've heard people complaining, Oh, it's 30 bucks more per month. That's past my budget. I don't want to spend it. Meanwhile, like, I don't think people are always aware of what their monthly budgets and expenses, maybe their budget, but what their actual expenses are. Like I called my cell phone company once and changed my plan. I got a better plan. I paid 60 bucks less per month. Like just like that, you can uh, free up some extra cash. We just did a podcast on that as well, but, you know, cutting cable bills, uh, eliminating some, you know, or substituting different grocery options. It can be, it can really add up or just going out of the way to spending, you know, a little bit of time each month couponing as much as I hate couponing. um, That can easily add up very, very quickly. Or even uh, I'm just in the process of purging the house a little bit. I think I made a couple hundred bucks this week on marketplace, just selling stuff that we didn't need or want half of it unopened. Um, But, you know, spending that money, you can Mm -hmm. find, you can always find money if you really need it, you know, at the end of the day. Yeah. So getting back, I don't want to get too sidetracked on this whole sales thing. So, um, what are things that you think people can look for? Because, I mean, you you can do as much research as you can, but, you know, until you really dive into it with someone, you may not know definitively how effective they'd be as a salesperson from every perspective. So what are things that people can, like keys or cues that yeah. people can find in the beginning that might help them decide how good somebody would be? Oh, definitely their listening skills. I, I read or heard somewhere once, um, we have two ears, but one mouth, right? So when you're with a client, you're listen more, yeah. let them talk and let them tell you their story. Absolutely. And be able to right? retain that and information re- as well and use it as yeah. well. I think that's huge. hundred percent. Right. That's yeah. funny you say that. Cause one of the guys that I went to, that I met, uh, uh, while I was looking at cars, um, I don't remember anything about the car. I know nothing about the car Yeah, because the entire time he was telling me about himself. Yeah. He was go. telling me about how he wrote a book and how he does, he teaches classes and on sales, go figure. And, and that's all I remember. He literally spoke about himself the entire time, um, period. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it makes a big difference. hundred percent. Well, right? I find uh, if we tie it in specific to real estate or like bigger purchases, um, you know, what we find is, or what I find is when you're interviewing someone, you need to interview them. You have to ask maybe some tough questions, ask for details. If someone's just giving you, you know, smoke and mirrors, Oh, we'll sell it at highest price possible. We're this, we're that. But how, 
how are you going to do it? How are you going to do know, it? Give details. me, give me specifics. Mm. Give me examples. And if they're, you know, dodging the questions or if they're avoiding it, then maybe they're more talk than action. You know, at the end of the day, it's a results driven business. If you have the results, you'll have the data to back it up. Yeah. And I find the top performers and top, not just salespeople, but top industry people, they always say, know your numbers. If you're dealing with someone who doesn't know their numbers, they might not be the best salesperson. They could have other great attributes, but at the end of the day, they mm-hmm. should know what their performance is and be able to prove it with the numbers. That's right. And for me, a big thing is communication. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're huge advocates of that, 100%. making sure we have open lines of communication. And that means different things for different people. Yeah. So having that chat and that expectation of what is open communication as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, and even just a level of professionalism, like you can tell the story about oh, the phone man. call when we were in the car together yeah. the other day. Oh, that was awful. <laughs> Tell the story. Oh, okay, Did Tell- you, okay. No, so Adrian and I were uh, going to uh, uh, listing consultation together, um, and I had um, some other business to do in the car. So um, new uh, Apple Play, CarPlay, amazing. But um, I called a listing agent on one of our listings and said, hi, this is Chris Behe. I had some questions about your uh, property, gave the address. And she goes, who's this? Like blunt, yeah. and that was yeah, that was like the first the thing first she said. thing she said out of her mouth. I said, "Oh, my name's Chris," and then um, she goes, "Okay." I said, "I'm sorry, are you the agent for X yeah. property?" And she goes, "Yeah, are you an agent?" And I was like, "No, like super blunt, super like to the point, but to the point she was she was rude about it. Um, couldn't believe it. I end up getting." kind of the information I was asking for, uh, not really even, hung up the phone and that was it. Um, Ended up showing the property down the road and um, um, our client um, happened to have spoke with that agent um, as well. And um, he asked me, he goes, was, was it was it me or was she a little rude? And I said, she was a lot rude. <laughs> um, but um, anyways, and she, no idea I was an agent. I could have been a client, potential client. Um, I could have been calling to list a million dollar home and no way she's earning any business with her phone skills. Well, no and you way. have you have to think, like if you're hiring this person to represent you in the, especially when you're selling because they're fielding phone calls for you from prospective buyers and, Absolutely. and realtors uh, representing those buyers. So that's how she's answering the phone for everybody that calls. So what level of professionalism and service is she providing you? None. Well, absolutely. Especially in in real estate more so than maybe some other sales where you're actually representing um, the client, representing their home, their family. It goes back even to some of the photo stuff we were talking about, how even the marketing, the materials, are they leaving a piece of paper in the house of a black and white, maybe color, maybe gloss if you're lucky, or is it something that someone can be proud to show their friends and family? So it's all those little things I think really make a difference in, again, having a process that you follow each and every time. And I mean, we can speak to our numbers, we can speak to our process, and we really don't, we're flexible, but we have a ways that we do it, and not just us, but the best teams in any industry out there have a way that they do it, and that's it. I worked for Toyota for years. They always talk about the Toyota way. Um, you talk about, uh, um, uh, you know, Google, these uh, Apple, they have w- their own culture. They have their own process. They have their own ways to do it. Yeah. And they're very successful because of that. And people try and copy them. Yeah. Well, one big thing for me with, uh, and, and I use this 
and just in life in general, but it also applies in this case and kind of determining the type of person that you're dealing with. Um, and it, I mean, you can't do it unless you have this specific type of situation, but I hate people that don't take responsibility for things mm-hmm. like something happens um, and they just say, Oh, you know, it was, this is why it happened. And this, this, this caused this to happen is just yeah. say, sorry, accept blame for that. You're mistaken. Fix it and fix on. it. Well, yeah. The best, exp- the best customer experiences happen when there may be as a negative experience because yes. they take them on that emotional low, they're able to correct it or better the situation. And now they're on an emotional high and that, that gap creates a more memorable experience. Right. Oh, absolutely. So, if there's a situation that comes up, if yeah. you could fix it in front Great. of your client. I mean, yeah, um, 100%. great example of this. Um, Jen and I bought a fur, uh, new sofa. Um, we custom changed the upholstery. She wanted to change some stuff around with it. So we were told four weeks for a custom sofa. We thought it was pretty reasonable. We bought it at a very reputable name brand place. It was right It was right before Christmas, about a month before Christmas. But our big thing was we wanted the new furniture before Christmas. They said, yes, no problem, 100%. Um, they can do that. Week before Christmas, we sell our old furniture. It's gone, and we have no sofa. We it's our first year in a new home. We're entertaining. We want everything to be right. Did you break out the milk crates? Oh, we well, we called this place, and I didn't. I don't think I was short, but I was to the point, and I said, I, I said, we need. A sofa. We're having people over. My wife is very upset. It's her first home. Um, this I think was the first time, first Christmas with maybe James as well. So crazy new mom. <laughs> but he still. Loves uh, I hope Jen. she's not watching. Yeah, that'll get me in trouble. But um, anyways, uh, they ended up delivering us a temporary sofa for the season until our new one was ready. Nice. Um, it wasn't perfect, but it Solution. definitely exceeded our expectation given the circumstances, and it yeah. was beyond what they. They had to do because, again, it was a custom piece. Yeah. Things happen. Um, but we were very happy and we'll probably buy furniture there again whenever we need it. I had um, I was on the I was representing a tenant recently in a similar similar situation where it's a new house. The landlord ordered appliances. Uh, the appliances were being delivered on uh, the day of the key exchange. Uh, but the appliance company didn't have the refrigerator they wanted. So they gave them a, a brand new um, you know, basic, but brand new refrigerator to use in the interim. Yes. Uh, and when the new one was there, they would bring it and swap them Absolutely. for them. So and they'll, they'll never buy appliances anywhere else probably because of that. Yeah. Well, I, a small part of me actually probably, you know, secretly a big part of me almost hopes there's a problem in every transaction that gives us an opportunity to really shine Look better yeah. to yeah. excel, right? Because, you know, everything, if everything goes exceptionally smooth, the average person may not necessarily see the value if they've never been through the process before, right? If they've never had a bad experience. Oh, for sure. And some of our most grateful clients had really bad experiences before with other point to me about that. (laughs) (laughs) What is that? Sorry. Other bad experiences with other people. um, And, you know, they call us because we always have great reviews, great ratings. um, And then they're so thankful. It's almost like you feel like well, we're just, you're just doing your job, but it feels yeah. really good when you're dealing with people like that because they're, they're so grateful and it's almost like, yeah, you know, but at the end of the day, we just kind of do what we do. Yeah. Well, and we're always looking for ways to improve and, and kind of rise up and shine. Absolutely. And one great example that I always, I, I'm, um, I enjoy talking about was we had a property that was being staged and somehow during the process of staging, um, the client felt that uh, their vacuum had been damaged or broken. Um, 
can you make sure that Jen has that live chat message that's coming in? I don't know if it's on her phone or not. Um, thank you. Uh, anyway, so they thought that the stagers had broke their vacuum. We had no idea whether or not they did. Maybe it was broken before. Who knows? Uh, uh, the the fact of the matter was that it was broken. And they, they were upset. Happy. And they were happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so immediately we uh, didn't necessarily, we didn't take responsibility because it wasn't our fault, but we took the initiative to say, you know what? No problem. Uh, we'll figure out what happened. But in the meantime, let's take care of the problem. So we went, um, somebody picked up the vacuum, took it to a local vacuum repair shop, uh, got it repaired, brought it back. And yeah. they were ecstatic. Well, 99% of people that are reasonable don't care why it happened. They just right. want it resolved, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, it's irrelevant why it happened. It happened. And how are you going to fix it? Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. And, and in those situations, a lot of people, and that's where the what I was talking about, a lot of people say, um, oh, well, you know, it, it was already broken. Or, you know, I don't have proof that it was us, so I can't do anything about it. And I, you know, just take the initiative to fix it. Exactly. Um, so in that case, you're winning a client for life in that case. Yeah, for sure. It seems like the right thing to do anyways. Right. Yeah. You, you're helping somebody out and chance to shine and whatnot, but, uh, that's always the right thing to do. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I find you're always so quiet on podcasts, but outside of the podcast, you just, it's like when the camera, you can't stop talking. No, the cameras start rolling. He's, well, not even cause he's, he's great on camera. Like when we're doing our outtakes and, uh, especially well, anything you'll hop in front of the camera and do silly is there, things. Is, all it, the time. is there such thing as a uh, podcast uh, phobia? Maybe, perhaps. Maybe I've just invented it. No, it I could haven't. be. Yeah. So yeah. Or <laughs> it's a, a testament to you having two well, ears and one mouth, and you're listening yeah. very. Uh, see, you intently. got the message. Yeah. We just talk nice. too much. Perhaps that's the other. Do you guys message. want to hear a st- quick uh, funny story before we wrap this up? Do we have a choice? Sure. <laughs> You just sit there anyways. That's right. <laughs> okay, so this one might get Ariel in trouble. So I mean, I guess you're keen at All right, I'm down for I'm it. Let's bring it on. Bring it on. So Jen was watching the last episode. Um, and for those not that don't my know wife, Jen. Sorry. Yes. My wife was watching the last episode with Ariel and Heather, the last one that Cam posted there. Right. Or was that the last one? Yeah. Um, full disclosure, I didn't watch it yet. She was watching on her laptop with her computer uh, earphones on. And then all of a sudden, she takes her earphones out, closes her laptop, and looks at me and goes, do you do that too? Damn and I was right. like, what? Huh? I'm just doing work. I'm working away. And she's yelling at me. She goes, Ariel just said, if you need a break, you just say you have a listing and you can have a little, and you leave the house and have a little bit of a rest. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's on to you now. Uh, so I guess they were talking about, uh, nice. for you who didn't listen um, or watch myself, watch the last podcast, but they were talking about- I never look at the cameras, by the way. Oh, sorry. No, uh, I'm not saying you can't. I'm just saying it's interesting yeah. that, to see you uh, do that. Yeah, there's cameras here? <laughs> now you're not going to talk at all. That's it. I'm shutting so up. So they were talking about balancing work, uh, you know, work, kids, all that other stuff. And Ariel's like, the great thing is that when now you're an agent- all you have to do is tell Alan, um, you have to- Oh, this at, was Heather, t- t- obviously. T- t- talking to Heather. Yeah. Uh, you have to book a showing. Yeah. So uh, Jen's yelling at me. Have you ever done that to me? <laughs> I said, no, that's an Ariel thing, sweetie. Don't worry. I would never do that to you. Yeah. And then sh- she then got mad for Natalie, Ariel's wife, um, going- I can't believe he would do that to Natalie. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Well, it's not like he's hiding it. No, Obviously, I, I, he's I made it public knowledge. I guess not. But uh, so I might have to uh, send, send Jen the listings I'm going to for a while. That's funny. Well, and um, I, I could never do that because 
um, Alicia has me on Find My Friends. Oh. <laughs> so she knows where I am at all times. She's tracking. Did she implant it yet or just on your phone? No, it's just on the phone oh, okay. so far. Uh, that I'm aware of. <laughs> yeah. Somehow, yeah, I'm sure she could figure she probably something like out. Probably like sewed a tile into you or something. Yeah, I, 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 would, I would check surprised. your beard, yeah. Yeah, it's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. I haven't looked lately. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. But to sum up um, the conversation yes. on what goes into making a good salesperson, what uh, let's just kind of give people some indications of what they can look for. So f- starting right from the begin- beginning is communication, yeah. how they respond to you. And how, how, how comfortable how, you with that person as well. Can you ask them the hard questions? Right. Uh, do you feel comfortable uh, having a conversation that may not be comfortable as well? Right. Uh, especially when you're not so much with maybe, uh, you know, furniture, but when you're talking about a house, um, you need to be able to talk to someone about um, everything really about the transaction. Yeah. I've had a, that happen before where people just, um, they weren't forthcoming with everything mm-hmm. and it makes it very challenging. So you need to make sure whoever you're working with, you're comfortable with. Absolutely. So communication both ways. Yes. Um, motives, make mm-hmm. sure that you genuinely feel they have your best interests in mind. Yep. Um, competency, you know, see how much they Huge. know about the market, how, mm-hmm. whether you're buying or selling, um, what they do to represent you. And I think referrals is a big thing, uh, or not I referrals, was, sorry. But, I was going to uh, say referrals. Re- references. references. References, yes and no. I mean, you can always get someone to say whatever. Yeah. I'm a bigger advocate of like online reviews because they're uh, through places like Google and Facebook, they're unbiased, they're unedited. Yeah. You can even see if they're responding. So that kind of goes to show too what sort of effort and they make. People tend to, like, your, your biggest advocates will always be your biggest advocates, but yes. it's harder to get good reviews than bad reviews in most cases because the angry person is going to shout from the hilltop and tell everyone where, you know, people that are happy will do it for you, but you have, not that you have to beg in most, uh, but you have to, you know, uh, ask for it more than uh, the other person, obviously. Of course, yeah. of course. Uh, it's actually nice to have a bad review because it makes the good ones seem more legit. L- legit. Well, yeah, yeah, the dealership I ended up purchasing from, they had 900 reviews on Google, 4.7 stars. So, right. you know, perfect. That's really good, actually. Yeah, no, it was uh, Were they real or were they paid for? I, I did it. Uh, I haven't got a prompt for it yet. I just did one myself. So I always try and do Google reviews because uh, yeah. I feel like, you know, I look at them. I feel that they do help, um, especially small business owners, that type of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and a message to all brokerages, stop focusing on training people how to get into business, teach them how to run with it once they get it. How to retain it. How to retain it. Not even retain no. it necessarily. Because they do teach that. They teach, you know, follow up after the sale and maintain that business, ask for referrals. But I'm talking, teach your salespeople, whether it's real estate or any industry, um, how to properly represent the person in the process. More of a relationship than the transaction type of thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, For sure. That's it. Yeah. Cool. Well, that was easy. Good job, guys. (laughs) Hey, Steve, you're here. (laughs) Oh, there you go. There's a fist bump for the video for the video thanks for listening episode 42